Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Tuesday Mystery Mingle. I say another. I'm so excited. This is our second one. And so today, you are going to get the chance to meet Tracy Antrichetti and Diana Orgain. Am I saying that right? And Orgain? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you go first and say hi and tell us a little about yourself? I'm Diana Orgain, USA Today bestselling author of the Maternal Instincts Mystery Series. Um, it's available on all the retailers. And I also co-author a really fun series for sleuths and uh we have three out now bachelorette uh burlesque dancer and barnstormer and i co-author that with tracy undergetty awesome awesome and i'm tracy um i'm also a usa oh! today bestseller that's my dog vic you're a doggy mommy too <laughs> oh you guys have so many dogs um it, too many and um i write the frankie amato mysteries and yes i am one of the authors in the four sleuth series which has been a lot of fun and i'm sorry i'm in austin texas today and it's unusually cold i went to sleep and woke up feeling like i'm in colorado so uh yeah lots of weirdness here today and we're all worried the power will go out so if i disappear you know what happened Okay. <laughs> and I just want to mention we, we co-authored the series with two other USA Today bestselling authors, Leslie Langtree and Arlene McFarland. So mm -hmm. shout out to them. Yeah. So that's kind of unique. I don't think there is any other book I've seen where four authors come together. Usually, honestly, when I first saw it, I thought it was going to be, you know how they put those anthologies together and then each author gets their own story? Yeah. So I didn't realize you guys had put it together. So maybe talk about like how you met, whose idea this was and how this all came together. Go for it, Tracy. <laughs> um, it was Arlene McFarlane's idea. Uh, she had the idea to take four sleuths and, you know, who were, uh, who did not know one another and had never been in each other's worlds at all and put them together. So the first one, four sleuths and a bachelorette, um, the idea was all of us were invited to the same woman's bachelorette party where, of course, a murder happens. Um, and so <clears throat> that's how they met. And then it was, uh, because of the murder, they decide it was like such a disastrous like party that they wanted to meet up again and have like a proper vacation because the bachelorette party was out of town. They all flew in and, uh, you know, their vacations just keep getting cra crashed by a murder. It's, it's <laughs> very Jessica Fletchery in the sense that, that just keeps happening to these poor women. And all I want to do is have some some fun. <laughs> all right. So these are just four girls, four women, girls, uh, coming together. They all happen to be loose in their own series, right? So they're existing characters. And then, so do readers have to know or have read any of the other series in order to, like, enjoy this series? No. No. Okay. No, and in fact, um, that was one of the things that drew me into the project. I can't speak for Diana, but I thought what a great way for Frankie to be introduced to three other authors, readers, um, mm -hmm. and see if she's, you know, a fit. And um, I've heard from so many wonderful readers, actually, since the project started that email me and say, you know, I read Diana, or I read Leslie or Arlene, but I hadn't read you. And what fun it was discovering your books. And so um, I know we've all had similar experiences and it's been really a, a super fun part of the process for us. Nice. So why don't you tell us about this book, the one that just came out this month, The Forest Loose and a Barnstormer? 
Diana. <laughs> okay. Frankie so the first... hates camping, you guys. So I like. <laughs> Frankie is so fun in this one. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's no mirrors at camp and it's uh, <laughs> get back to nature. Um, so they, they meet up because they, they, they first met at the bachelorette party. Then they tried to have a party in New Orleans and things went a little wonky. And so now they're, they're going to have a nice girlfriend's, uh, retreat glamping. Um, but of course, you know, things aren't always as smooth as, as planned and, uh, a dead body shows up ironically or you know, mysteriously. And so then they start to engage and try to figure out, um, what's happened. But a lot of this one's a lot of fun. They're um, well, they're all fun, but this one's this was really fun in the. It was it was world. particularly fun, I think. Um, so Leslie Langtree has actually done this glamping trip, and it's I I can't remember how. So Leslie in real life is was or is a Girl Scout troop leader. I don't know if she still does it. Um, and you know she writes the Mary Rath mysteries that are all about the. Uh, ex-CIA agent turned Girl Scout troop leader and mm -hmm. they're hilarious and so um, this was set in her world but she had gone to this camp so she had pictures for us she was able to you know show us the layout of the building tell us drinks they had that were like Girl Scout themed drinks like what were they like mint cookie some martini or I don't know you know stuff like that and so um it was super funny and in a weird sort of way I almost felt like I was getting to do it a little bit like I don't know it felt very real when we were writing this one it which was strange right because we took different events you know like the, uh, the yeah. horseback riding and archery <laughs> lessons and setting up a um you know campfire uh skit thing so we did different activities that they do at camp and uh, that was really fun coming up with those did it make you want to ropes are did it make you want to take a real glamping trip together with the four of you? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, I had a really bad camping experience when I was young. There were these two redneck twins that were like just drinking beer like near our camp and they didn't have shirts on, they didn't have shoes on and they'd had way too much beer and they had um this was when I was in my 20s guys, so it was a long time ago, but uh they had a fog hat eight track tape that they were playing on their car like over and over again and they, their names are ron and don i will never ever forget and they had mullets like uh they were just they instead of like attracting like bears and raccoons i i wrote this today in a newsletter we attracted them and they just <laughs> we couldn't shake them so i was like that's the end of my camping i will never do it again i <laughs> So Ron and Don. Yeah, Ron and Don. No. Wonder what right. happened to those boys. So this one is glamping. Why don't you just catch everyone up to speed and just tell them, tell us what book one and two are about. So book one is the bachelorette party where um, they they meet accidentally because they, they all know this woman from previous parts of their life and mm -hmm. they, they meet each other. Um, book two, they, they decide they need a proper vacation because they're... Uh, bachelorette party had gone wrong. So they meet up in New Orleans. And that it is basically what we try to do now is, is bring it into the Sleuth's hometown. So that was Tracy led that project because it's Frankie's stomping grounds and just like Leslie's stomping grounds for her Girl Scouts. Um, so Tracy, tell us more about book two. 
Um, book two has to do with Frankie's ex stripper landlady and um, a house that she owned. And um, there was a pool in the back and they like <laughs> Frankie excitedly. Well, wait a minute. No, I think um, I, Diana, I think your character rented it. You yes. Guys, yeah, your character contacted Frankie's ex stripper landlady, who owns a bunch of rundown properties in New Orleans, and rented the place unbeknownst to Frankie. And then I think, didn't you surprise us with the news or something? And I was like, or I, Frankie was yes. like, it's not good. Um, and sure enough, it wasn't because there was a old burlesque dancer uh, turns up dead at the house in the pool in the back, and so they have to solve that mystery. Um, and so it does have a burlesque dancer theme. There's a whole burlesque thing in New Orleans. There's a community that's very active and some really well-known local personalities are burlesque dancers. And so that's why we, I wanted to do that. All right. So where will book four be set? San Francisco. That, that My main character is uh, in San Francisco. So it, that one's mine. Um, so details to be to be determined. Okay. Is All right. Still, is it still going to maybe be for Sluice and a babysitter? Do we know? I, uh, yeah, I think so. We've been tell tossing that idea. Be, but tell them why there would be a babysitter. Oh, well, cause my sleuth is pregnant with twins in the, in this, um, series in my series, she's already had the baby, but cause the timing got a little wonky there, but, um, yeah, they'll, they'll be visiting after now up to okay. date with the, the, the baby's being born. So. Okay. so back to Girl Scout glamping in Iowa. It's Iowa, right? Where they are? Yeah. All right. So I keep saying Illinois and, and the Leslie would have to correct me. They're like the same thing. Um, so <laughs> this is adults only, right? There's no actually like Girl Scouts there, like little girls. There are. There are. There are. There it, are. it is an adult only trip, but two Girl Scouts have infiltrated. Yeah. So okay. the two characters from Leslie's book have come and want to see what's going on. And they yeah, help us. Their names are Betty and Lauren, and they're extremely precocious 12-year-olds. So they were jealous and curious about the adults-only glamping trip. So they show up and uh, and get involved. And they help us. <laughs> yeah. So they're actually tweens. So is this book, like, could it be good for YA readers? Would they enjoy it? They're drinking. <laughs> I think I can't I mean I think so I don't know I don't remember if we said anything that might be a little inappropriate <laughs> it's possible I don't think I mean I think it's clean but I don't know if they would be interested in it's it doesn't cover teen topics at all it's just you know adult yeah women. and there might have been some I think there was some adult humor but I, I can't really remember but it is a clean I mean all the books are clean there's no swearing there's no you know we don't have any of that okay um but there might have been you know a joke or something that was a little off there is. you know so, if this is an Iowa so I know she brought like pictures because she'd actually gone in that have either of you actually been to Iowa like lived there vacation there drove through there no. However, uh, however, my husband and son have been there because uh, his family had a family reunion, but I couldn't go. So I almost went to Iowa. Almost. Okay. <laughs> and you've never I, been, Diana. And I could almost oh. go there again. I do not believe that I have been in Iowa. I don't know. I drove cross country and I could have dri driven through it, but I don't. 
So recall. maybe on accident you were there and just blocked it out of your memory. It was on the <laughs> route. We drove through, but I don't remember any specific stops. <laughs> okay. So I was a Girl Scout. Were you guys Girl Scouts as well when you were kids? No. Yes. That's very cool about your experience as a Girl Scout. Not me. Tracy, you? No. Yes. I was uh, I was a brownie and a Girl Scout. And um, <laughs> I, I was too little to really remember much about the brownies. I do remember, man, I was all about those badges. Like I, and what's <laughs> funny is when I talk to Leslie, I'm always trying to like include badges and she's like, you know, no, we don't, they don't have those or, you know, I'll make one up and she'll be like, no, that, but yeah, I have some badge obsession, but that's totally my personality. Like if there's some competitive of you. Yeah. You know what? I'm not, I'm not super high on that Gallup strength finders thing. Uh, competition is not super high for me, but man, it's, it's almost no an obsession though. So it's like, Oh, there's something I can collect. I can earn those. I can get those. And then I, and then you have to sew them on my little sash. Right. And then I, ha you know, and then I'm like, <gasps> one of the rows is uneven on the sash. Like I need another one right now. So the row will be even and I'll have three across. And you know, it, it's a weird, it's a weirdness thing for me. It's not like a normal. I think it's just how it is. Like every meeting that we had, the whole goal was to get a badge. So now we're all going to earn our badge for this. And we're all going to earn our badge for that. Right? Like that was the only okay. point of meetings. <laughs> okay. Yes. But our badges were, you guys, our badges were for stuff like sewing and cooking and what. And I was looking at them recently and it's like coding, robotics. I mean, wow. like <laughs> auto mechanics stuff. I was like, uh, I wouldn't have made it. Like I would have yeah. had to drop out. <laughs> I guess you could just wow. watch a bunch of YouTube videos to get your Girl Scout badges now. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. But I mean, coding, robotics, like, come on. I I, the, I, I honestly quit Girl Scouts, though. So <laughs> at the time, my family lived in West Texas, specifically Odessa, Texas, and um, pretty barren landscape, you know, some cactus, some tumbleweeds, um, truly. And I, there was one tree I remember in the neighborhood and it was three blocks over and all of us kids would walk down to the tree to climb it. Like it was that barren. And so um, there was this, the, the last straw for me, my mom sent me to this summer Girl Scout kind of big jamboree sort of thing. And it was a day camp or something. And I mean, it was just like at a caliche pit kind of thing. It was just like <laughs> a rock. Like, and we were like hanging out in concrete, you know, and just, there was no, it wasn't like the woods. It wasn't like anything like we're describing in four space in a barnstormer. It was just, it was just barren and terrible. And I called her and I was like, come get me. I'm not staying here. Also the girls were mean. These were not Aww. friendly, happy Girl Scouts. I guess they were tired of sewing and cooking for their badges, but I, I made her come get me. And then that was the last, that was the end of Girl Scouts. That was the end of Girl Aww. Scouts. Yeah. All right. How was your Girl Scout cookie sales? Okay. Well, my dad would just go, I'll take 250 boxes, please. And I would go done. I mean, <laughs> so you were, you didn't even do door to door. No. 
No. I did you not resell them or what was did he want 250 what boxes? What would he do with the 250 boxes? He would give them to people like and we would eat ridiculous amounts of them. <laughs> I, I it's probably yeah, it it's not good. When I think back on how many Girl Scout cookies I probably ate in my life, it's like <laughs> not good. <laughs> I mean, do they actually eat any Girl Scout cookies in this book? I think Kate must, right? Well, she's asking for them all the time, but they don't have any there, remember? Like yeah. I did that. I was I, I in one of my chapters, I have Kate asking. So that's the other thing. So if you haven't read any of these books, the way it works is that um, we each take a chapter. So there's 20 chapters and there's four of us. So we each write five chapters. And so one chapter will be titled Frankie, then it'll be Kate, then it'll be, you know, Mary, Arlene, whatever order, the order varies. But you get the idea. And um, we have to write each other's characters in our chapters. So Frankie's you know, doing all the narrating in my, in my chapter, but I'm having to write Kate, um, having to write Valentine, which is Arlene McFarlane's character, Valentine Beaumont, and then um, Mary Rath, Leslie's character. And so I kept having, since uh, Kate is pregnant, I kept having Diana's character, like asking for the Girl Scout cookies and wondering where they were and, you know. And she's always are, never hungry. So she's pregnant with twins and she's just like, whatever I can eat. Yeah. <laughs> and so do you, either of you eat Girl Scout cookies today still? Uh, no. And I don't want to get sued for this. I'm sorry, Girl Scouts of America, but there's a lot of chemicals in those cookies. Yes, <laughs> there's a lot I'm of not, preservatives, I guess. Yeah. I'm not making it up. I mean, just look at the back of a box. And that's why I say like, in retrospect, I was eating these cookies in the seventies. So I have no idea what was in the back then. <laughs> But there's a lot of not good things in them right now, which is a shame. I mean, I really think, you know, it's a great organization. Like, I really think they should make, a, like, offer, you know, a healthier kind of option, perhaps. Yeah, I remember <laughs> yeah, sure. like, they got rid of the hydrogenated whatever oils one year, and then everyone was super upset because they didn't taste as good. Well, and that, that it's like a corn oil, isn't it? And it's, it's addictive. Like they've proven it's, it's really addictive. bad for you. So yeah. it makes you want to keep, keep eating. And they put it in, um, I know it's in ice cream and other things. I don't I know, know that it's in those cookies, but I mean, it's in a lot of food we eat. And if you kind of can't seem to stop eating it, it's quite possibly, it's partially hydrogenated corn oil, I believe. That was it. Yeah. Thank you. Look at, look at Tracy coming up with the chemicals. <laughs> I have no idea how I did that. <laughs> or if it's right, but it sounds good. No, it sounds good. <laughs> it's believable. No, I think it sounds, it sounds right. Did you have a favorite flavor though when you were eating it before you knew it had chemicals? Thin yeah. Mint. The mint. Thin. Yeah, the yeah. mint chocolate. I still love anything mint chocolate I can get my hands on, like ice cream, whatever. I don't know. There's something about that combo that is magic to me. By the way, I am wearing like a New Orleans Mardi Gras necklace. So in case anybody's wondering, and I have like King Cake Babies on these earrings. I was, I was literally just looking at that because Fat Tuesday's early this year, right? It's it's literally in yeah. a couple of weeks. Oh, it's in January? Yeah. I thought it was in February. No, it's in February, but it's early. It's um, like yeah. February 15th or 14th. Okay, who opened my door? I think it's- I know I your door is mysteriously open. Yeah, it's right around Valentine's Day, I think. Yeah. yeah. That was like really yeah. early. Yeah. 
You know, what's funny, um, I wanted to say, give give this crew a shout out. I'm going to tell them that I did this. So there is a new a, a women's group that does a sort of a walking Mardi Gras crew in New Orleans, and they're, they're called the Mary Antoinettes. Um, and I have all these like fun Mardi Gras wigs, and I decided to sell one of them on eBay, and a Mary Antoinette bought it yesterday. And she told me that that's what she was going to wear it for. And I was so excited. It was like... I don't know. It was like some awesome celebrity bought my wig. And so now we've been talking back and forth. And I was like, you know, I mentioned your crew and my Frankie books. And so they're now all over that. And I'm kind of excited, like hoping I get to go hang out with them. They wear Marie Antoinette clothes and wigs that they spend like all year, you know, working on and getting perfect. And it's just, but they're called the Mary Antoinettes. And you know how Marie Antoinette said, let them allegedly, allegedly. Let them eat cake. Yeah. Let them eat cake. Well, because you throw things at Mardi Gras, they say, let them throw cake. And they do actually um, sometimes throw like little pieces of cake. <laughs> so yeah, very exciting time for me. Um, I, I really should have gone. I should go to Mardi Gras this year, but I don't know that I'll get my act together and do it. I usually go. Oh yeah, I've been to like six Mardi Gras. Yeah, they're so, fun. Like once you start. <laughs> yeah. Where are you located, Lisa? What's that? Where are you located? I'm in San Diego, but my best friend from college got into Tulane for medical school, and oh, so really? every year we just go to Mardi Gras. That was just because we had a free place to yeah. stay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in California too. I'm in NorCal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, nobody really gets excited about Mardi Gras outside of New Orleans. It's so weird because when you're in New Orleans, it's like it's the the event. And then out, when you leave, it's like people just kind of forget it happens or it's a thing. Yeah, no, it's it, it really is so much fun. And it, um, you know, it has a I think it has something of a bad reputation a little bit. Uh, not with everybody, but a lot of people think of it as, you know, like really body. And I mean, I go all the time and I don't see anything inappropriate. Like these parade, a lot of these parades are actually for kids um, mm -hmm. as much as they are adults. And yes, there's drinking around children, but um, it's more like, you know, throws for kids and there's just tons and tons of kids. And I always just think it's really, really fun and a nice time. And what people don't understand is it goes on for weeks. Mm -hmm. So you can have a favorite crew that you want to go see. Um, and they all have different themes and, you know, every year their theme changes, but, um, like, you know, I know somebody that loves the crew of Iris and somebody that loves the crew of Bacchus and, you know, the, and so you go to like, see your favorite, mine is the crew of muses. I love them. They throw bedazzled shoes, oh. um, which like high heels, which are stunning. Um, some of them truly are works of art and are in like museums and things. So it's really wow. a fun, it's really a fun experience. It's not, I, I don't think, I don't think it has, I don't think people understand that it's actually very family, family friendly and really, really fun. And then one other thing I would like to say is that Halloween, they do sort of a mini Mardi Gras. It's called the crew of Boo at boo and um it's it's like uh all of the you know sort of halloween themed stuff and there's tons of them um but i can't think of the name of the women that i really like now but there's women who and i will think of it um they have like auto uh 
motorized uh, clawfoot bathtubs mm -hmm. and they their bathtubs spin and they drive like cars and they have you know like fun like you know little shower caps on and they might have like a little loofah and it's adorable it is adorable and so there's stuff like that that's just the rolling elvi elvises on like mopeds wearing capes like you it's just so much fun i really really recommend it to everybody that's what, it, what is it tracy it's on halloween um, no, that, that, those crews that I just mentioned will ride regular Mardi Gras season as well as often in the crew of Boo, but the crew of Boo is the hall, the Halloween events. And there's a lot, a lot of the organizations that march or parade in regular Mardi Gras do a, um, do a Halloween version. So for example, there's a crew, a really cute crew of women uh, called the Mufaladas, <laughs> like after the Mufaletta sandwich. And um, they, for one crew of Boo, the Halloween version, they made their like super cute, it's a super cute diner outfit actually. And they have a tray and they have the sandwiches and you know, but um, for Halloween, they did like a moldy sandwich version. <laughs> <laughs> and they're and they're like their costumes were sort of zombie like diner waitress. I mean, it was adorable. I just I it, it's just so so much creativity, honestly. So, like I said, I think it gets a bad rap, and people think that it's very sexualized or something. And there is one crew that's kind of known for that, like, but it's it's t very tongue in cheek. Um, but the vast majority of them have they're nothing they're nothing about that they're really fun really cool very tasteful yeah what i don't understand is um so if you're listening to this and you're a reader tracy doesn't actually live in new orleans no. I thought, like her books and everything she talks about oh she like knows everything about new orleans and i was like oh so what's it like there she's like i don't live there so, okay, I really fast. I have a PhD and I'm obsessed with researching things, but I think from the time that I was 12 years old, uh, my dad was taking me to New Orleans with my mom because um, he's Italian and we were living in West Texas. You could, this was like pre-internet, pre like fancy grocery stores, pre delis even really. So he couldn't get like certain Italian food that he wanted but you could get it in New Orleans. And it was like a you know five hour drive. And so we would load up the car with coolers and we would go to New Orleans to Central Grocery, which is in my books. Um, I mention it in most of them. Um, uh, and it just became this thing that we did. And this place that I was fascinated by because being in West Texas, where really, like I said, tumbleweeds, cactus, nothing was going on. Um, you would, we would drive through the French quarter where this Italian grocery store is. And I was like, what, what is going on in this? <laughs> I mean, you, you can't help it. It is fascinating. The look, the, the sounds, the smells. And so, um, it just became something I was obsessed with. And I went a lot with my family just to, again, really just to go shopping in a weird way. <laughs> and, uh, and then, and then I started going, you know, with friends in college because people wanted to go to Mardi Gras. And, and then I just was like, you know, there's really something special about that place. It gets a bad rap so often um, mm -hmm. 
for in, for so many different reasons. And so that's the obsession is is real. And I research the heck out of it. And I go to the places and I'm there a couple times a year, sometimes three times a year. Um, it's a great place. Wow. Cool. So back to Iowa. <laughs> where, where none of us so, have been. Sorry, Iowa. So I've been dying to ask. So I looked up what a barnstormer is. So if you haven't looked it up on Webster, a barnstormer is a pilot who travels around the country giving exhibits of stunt flying and parachuting. What kind of barnstormer do we have in this book? Diana? Yeah, I don't think she does stunts. I think she just does the um, prop dusting. Yeah. Yeah. So Not there sure. is a barnstormer in this book. It yes. is a barnstormer, yeah. Okay. Yes. But she's like a traditional, she's hired to crop dust. Got it. All right. And is she a major character in this book? No, she dies in act one. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's hardly okay. in it. She's hardly I think this in is it. a blurb. I don't think I gave anything away, right? Okay. <laughs> That's in the blurb. All right. So well, let's talk about... So oh, Leslie is from that part of the world and she, you know, she was like, we have to have a barnstormer. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that is. And uh, <laughs> right. Like most people. <laughs> yeah. So I did the same thing you did. I looked it up. I asked her about it and I was like, huh, you know, I guess they've all heard of that. And you know, what's funny is um, the people I've heard from that have read it, like nobody's really questioned that. And so it made me think, you know, did I just not know what this was? Like, you know, I don't know. Well, I think Lisa had another question, but I'm going to jump in there. This is fascinating to me because when we, we co-author, everybody writes their own chapter and then, you know, we read through and then build on it. Right. Um, even though we, we do have a plot, we're still, you know, free in our chapters to kind of mm -hmm. maneuver. And Arlene will, will say, and I don't know if it's because she's from Canada, but many times she'll say, I don't know what this word is, or I don't know, what this other thing is. And we'll say, oh, that's common in the States or not. And sometimes I'm, it's interesting because I'm okay with putting something in that readers don't know, because one of the yeah. reasons I read is to learn new things. So I'm true. like, if they don't know this word, they can look it up. Like, I'm not like, I, I enjoy that when I find a new word in a book that I'm like, I, I didn't know this. Right. But it's interesting, like different perspectives, because I think some people may not like that. I don't know. How do you feel about that, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why I used to read as a kid. I thought it would make me smarter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I like it. Um, I do it in my books on purpose. I mean, I even use some Italian, I use Sicilian, and I try to make it clear from the context what it is. Um, I, I think people, you know, it's good to expose people to new things. And I haven't had any complaints to me about it it's possible that people haven't liked that and they've stopped reading and that's fine um but you know i think it's important to to be true to who you are and to your characters and include those things if they make sense for you to include them yeah i, I, I you like it and learn something yeah well i've learned from you tracy well, I'm, reading, I'm like, I don't know what that is. And I'll go look it up. And I like that though. Yeah, no, same. So it, it's, um, it's a personal preference, I guess, uh, you know? Yeah. 
So let's talk about your main characters. Um, you can talk a little bit about the other authors, but mainly for yours, uh, like what are their personalities? What are they like? How old are they? Are they married? They have kids? Like who who are these women? Yeah, well, so Kate is um, my main character, Kate Connolly. She's from San Francisco. And uh, my series starts with she becomes a new mom uh, and she doesn't want to go back to the corporate world because uh, she wants to be with her baby. And of course, she gets caught up in a mystery, um, accidental, a little accidentally, but it involves some people that she knows, some things were left behind. And so she's kind of involved and she um, deals with a private eye and sees that he sets his own hours. And it seems like all he does is go around and ask people questions. And she feels like, I can ask questions. So she embarks on uh, becoming a PI in the series. So she, um, in order to be a PI, I think you need two, I want to say 2000 hours of practical investigation work in order to get a license. So she becomes, um, he becomes her mentor and she works under him to, to get this license so that she can have her independence and be a, a mom. And then throughout the course of the series, uh, she gets pregnant again, and this time it's twins. And so she's, she really wants to be at home and be successful in her career. So, uh, so that's where she's at. Cool. Diana has such a nice, like good answer. Um, Frankie is basically me when I was in my thirties. Um, <laughs> that's true for me too. <laughs> going, going through like new Orleans and you know, I, I find life, I find life and people very fascinating, uh, new Orleans in particular, but you know, I think it's true of any city. If you go through it, there's things that are just different and um, puzzling and unique, uh, but especially in New Orleans, let's be honest. And so um, it's sort of her reacting to a very, very different style of life. And yet she lives a very different style of life herself. She is a PI. She's single, but um, she, <laughs> she comes from, um, a Sicilian American family. My family is not Sicilian American. A lot of people think it is. Um, it, my dad's Sicilian Canadian. I was born in Canada. Uh, my mom is, was born in New Mexico. Uh, my dad in Canada as well to Italian immigrant parents. And, um, his father was from right outside of Venice and his mother, a small town, like in central Italy. And so, uh, it's, it's weird, but, um, there are a lot of Sicilians that went through new Orleans and it, it's really fascinating to me. It's not my particular culture, but I will say that I, aspects of my life are very, very similar. Um, in terms of, you know, like a, a Nona that worries about you, that like wants you to be married, that wants you to, be, you know, be settled. And, you know, basically, I think all grandmothers ultimately want that. But maybe Italians are a little, more, a little more pushy about it. I think Italians are more insistent. About, yeah. Um, so there's been I've had a lot of hilarious things happen in my family that make their way into the books. I've had a lot of weird, crazy, wild, hilarious experiences in New Orleans that make their way into the books. But I mean, New Orleans is a place where there is a community of people who live as vampires. I mean, you you don't find that in a lot of cities <laughs> like around the nation. And so I I do kind of themed books. And so like my fourth book, Campari Crimson, was about the vampires and 
um, you know, Galliano Gold is about a steamboat. And I tried to actually feature different aspects of New Orleans. And it's always Frankie kind of reacting to the uniqueness of the city. And uh, that's sort of the shtick, I guess. All right. Cool. And so do you guys ever mention, so you guys have, how many books are in each series? I know there's a lot, like in your own series. So I'm working on book 14. Okay. Um, in my uh, Maternal Instinct series. I'm working on nine. I, and, I, and I know it's going to go to 10, maybe a little more. I, I don't mm -hmm. know that I'll get to 14 like Diana, because I have a, a series set in Italy in my head that's been there for a really long time. And I might... Mm -hmm. I might move on to that for a while after book 10 and then kind of revisit Frankie periodically, but it's going to be connected to Frankie actually, though. It'll be somebody she knows. Speaking okay. of Italy, um, I don't know if Lisa knows, but I did want to mention it. Tracy and I co-host a writing retreat in Italy. Um, yeah. So we've been to the Amalfi Coast and had a fabulous writing retreat. It was so much fun. Yeah. And then COVID hit and we had to cancel the, the next one, but we are on track this year to host again. So if people listening want to find out more information, I think we're, we're getting in the process of posting something, but the website is lemonlit.com. So lemonlit.com. And they can, if there, if there's nothing up yet, when you check it, just email us. We, our contact information is there because we're figuring out the, the details, but um, it's, it was a great first trip and we want to do it again. So, and the location, Tracy, we had some ideas for that. Do you want to talk about the, did, did we decide like are we gonna go to matera or uh, i think we want to go to matera yeah there's yeah there's this you should look it up it's a unesco heritage site um it is sort of a city built in or a town maybe i don't know if i would call it a city it's small but it's built into rock so um there are houses that like the road is the roofs of the houses for example um like a road road overhead which is so fascinating but there are restaurants and things like and spas and you know really fabulously beautiful palaces and things carved into rock so um it's a fascinating place and that would be one of the one of the stops we usually go to a couple of places at least um actually sometimes more <laughs> but uh that one um would be that's one of the places we would go yeah very cool so do you guys uh sorry back to your series do you guys mention your the four sleuth series or allude to that at all in your own book series like just got back from glamping with the girl scouts or something i have yes i mean it, it's um it's small but Yes, I, I absolutely do that. I Same. Do. Okay. Yeah. And so I guess just overall, whatever you wanted to share about like the writing process, the co-writing, I think someone even put a comment, Sausage Maker asked, what is the difficult, most difficult thing about co-authoring a book? Oh, I didn't even know that we had comments there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> They're on the right. <laughs> I would honestly say the most difficult... It, my co-authors are lovely. I love them all. I think the most difficult thing is scheduling. So the way we write, we'll, we'll hook up and we'll kind of determine uh, the next four chapters, say, well, we have a, a, an overarching arc, but when we get down to the writing, so we'll figure out the next four chapters. Um, and sometimes scheduling that is really hard because if we give each other like a week or two weeks, then it's like the next week or two weeks. 
and somebody might have a wedding for when their weeks were assigned or whatever. So we're always trying to kind of juggle real life and other deadlines into the, into the project timeline. So for me, that's the most difficult thing. Scheduling. <laughs> um, gosh, uh, to me, it's gone kind of remarkably easy. I thought there would be a lot of sort of painful planning sessions where we just, you know, we're trying to hash it out and couldn't figure things out. But it's been really fun um, to have four cozy mystery writers on the same Zoom call, just throwing out ideas like, and then um, there's there's a fire and then there's um um glitter and then it, it you know it's just weird it's like weird stuff kind of comes out that doesn't make any sense and then somehow we're like oh god that's perfect like it all works and we we manage to you know i don't know it it's hard to explain it but it's been sort of more hilarious um just listening to what's in everybody's heads and uh how they think you know that the the plot should go and it's just fun well, there's always a good answer it's i know for one like i'll i'll totally joke about something like oh they should blah 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 and you guys all go okay and i'm like wait i was just kidding you're oh, like, i'm kidding but then it then it works and we're like no we're, we're going with that <laughs> Well, who in the group is the best at plotting and who's the best at marketing for the books, for the series? Oh, gosh. Um, or is everybody equal? I'm going to take the plotting. Because <laughs> I think I'm the only one that plots in real life, I think. I have a rough plot, but because it's New Orleans, like I have to, I have to, you know, give that. I have to leave room for the for the craziness to to happen, yeah. and that kind of me I'm as a, writing. I'm a plotter. I'm a plotter, and then you know, you all will say, "Well, we decided who the killer was, but let's change it." Yeah, <laughs> no, it wasn't Tracy, but <laughs> someone on the team said that, which we did. But um, I think so. so yes, yeah, so I've proposed changing it as well. I, I do. I think, yeah, I think you did. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, um, like it's obvious now who, the, like, if we're kind of, you know, there was a there was a book where we were uh, kind of building up to this one person just too kind of too early, and I was like, no, like we we have to change it. It has to be more of a surprise. Marketing. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, we none of us have had the time that we would like to market these books. I'm that's just reality we're trying to write other series we have lives um and this has been a very fun thing for us and in a way i think um you know we're just a lot of the time we're just kind of laughing on the zoom calls and then we write our chapters individually like you know nobody's collaborating on them and then we post them and then we have another zoom call where we're sort of laughing and like you know talking about it and then we post them and so then we're done with the book and like we're like oh my gosh we've got to get back to our main book in our series we're behind and so so yeah that has happened but um diana's a really good marketer too um she and i have both gone to many 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 marketing conferences <laughs> we've got another one on the schedule um it's i mean 
we know all the information, but finding the time to actually implement it is really hard, I think, for any writer, um, regardless of whether you're collaborating or not. It's it's a tough business. Okay. Well, let's talk about, so your own series and your writing, what's the plan for both of you for 2024? Like what books are you planning to release and what's your schedule like? You go first, Diana. Okay. Um, I have a new release coming in May. I think I wanted to do it for Mother's Day of the Maternal Instinct series. And then I have um, a new genre book out with my agent actually. So I might be switching the channel from cozies to some different things. <laughs> oh, it's like a totally different genre. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, so we'll see. It's a one, one is out on submission right now. It's a, a young adult, it's a YA thriller. And another one is a psychological thriller for adults. So we'll see which one we have more interest in and see what happens. Great. Tracy. Yeah. Um, I am writing Frankie Nine, Nochino Noir, which is a little confusing. I did sort of a confusing thing. I I wrote it as a short story, and then a lot of people said to me, I wish you hadn't, and I gave it away. Um, Tanya Kappas had a, a promotion that Diana and I both had um, short stories in. It was um, Cozy Crimes and Twisty Tales, I believe it was called, um, and it ended uh, this past October. And so I took the short story and a lot of people said, you really should have turned that into a book. And so I'm in the process of doing that, which may or may not be a good idea. Um, not because I don't like the book, but because I like I heard from somebody today who's a reader today who was like, wait, I'm going to pre-order this. But just checking, is this the one that you gave away for free, you know, as part mm -hmm. of that promotion? And I'm like, no, no, no. It's a much longer, better, better version of it. Um, so we'll see how that director's cut. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that turns out. I don't, you know, and then I think, um, I don't know, at some point this year, we have to talk about or start the fourth book for Four Sleuths. Um, and then I also am simultaneously plotting the first book in the Italian series, which I've never said the title, but because I love you, Lisa, I will say it here. And if anybody yeah. tries to steal it from me, I will kill you. <laughs> um, it's called Rome, Ravioli, and Revenge. Mm, nice. Great. That's great. I know, I think it's adorable. Set in Italy? <laughs> what? Are you going to move it to be set in Italy? Yeah, it's set in Italy. Oh, nice. It, it's a it's a different series. I'm kind of I've, I've kind of figured out who the characters are finally. I, that stumped me for a li very long time, um, but it's sort of falling into place now. And I have been plotting that book, Diana plotting. I'm plotting. Um, and so, <laughs> I know, I'm like, uh, give me a call here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And where can readers find you if they want to hang out with you or see what you're doing every day? Do you guys post to social media or no? I'm so lazy. I'm on Facebook sometimes. Tracy <laughs> okay. is just my, I'm terrible about that. But, you know, I but don't you have, have emails. You have an amazing newsletter. So if people want to know what Tracy's up to, mm -hmm. sign up for her newsletter. It's yeah, so fun. Your newsletter is the best. best you're, out very, 
very kind but um yeah so um i, I guess go to my website tracyandragetti.com and you can sign up for the newsletter there um and then again like i said i'm on facebook i send the newsletter out once a month because i don't want to bother anybody um more than that but uh um diana do you have yeah same i'm dianaorgain.com and they can follow me there and you can follow me on the regular places. I don't post much on Facebook. Um, but I do send out regular emails with uh, sales and updates and things like that. Okay, here's of my kids skiing, you know, <laughs> and I kind of read the comments here. So we got a hi from Tasha, uh, sausage maker. Oh, that was me telling you to say hi. Um, sausage maker sounds like an Italian. My oh, maybe <laughs> yeah. Robin <laughs> underground Karen's here. Natalie's yeah. here. Uh, Someone reminded us that VoucherCon 2024 is in New, is in New Orleans, which I knew and forgot. But oh, that's a I knew that a long time ago yeah. and forgot. Oh, yeah. that. Now I'm now I'm actually looking it up. Yeah, because yeah, it was here last year, so it, I think it's due to return there. Uh, so that's yeah. thing. Giant sense of your totally I have keto. never I have never gone to. VoucherCon. Oh, wait, no, it says Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, it does? Oh. Yeah. August 28th through September 1st, 2024. Nashville. Nashville's a really fun town. Yes, it is. Uh, but, oh, people are saying they like your title, the ravioli. <laughs> Gosh, I like that title. Thank you. <laughs> now I just have to write it. Uh, there was one last question if you want to answer. Karen, is it tempting to throw a curveball for the other characters to deal with when you're writing your chapter? <laughs> I think that I've done that unintentionally. Uh, <laughs> were there, no, there were a couple of times I wrote chapters and people were like, wait, what? <laughs> and I had to, I had to make some little changes, but, um, yeah, I think I've done it unintentionally. But yeah, now you've given me an idea. So great question. <laughs> All right. I, so, the, the, have you done that, Diana? Uh, I try not to. Oh. Uh, but I do try to give them something to play on. And I will mm -hmm. say that there are some people that are more receptive to that than others. <laughs> and this last one, I was fortunate. Leslie is like, she is good with whatever you throw at her. So I always tried yes. to give her a little like, oh, have fun with this, you know? Um, yeah, and I, I, I think she really likes it. Yeah. yeah and then I would text her and say like, if you don't like that, I'll go back and change it. But I was just trying to, cause she's really good at, uh, she used to be like a stand-up comedian or something, right, Tracy? Leslie's pretty good with improv. Uh, the thing, oh, yeah. the, the thing that I learned about Leslie writing this book, which <laughs> laughed so hard, so she um she like tried to learn how to be a ventriloquist <laughs> like oh for this book that? like i thought i always thought of that as like something from you know i don't know the 50s i i just didn't know anybody <laughs> did it anymore and i think she like went to like a camp or something yeah i didn't think that was a thing anymore ventriloquist it's like I didn't either I didn't either, but yes. Wait, I wait on America's Got Talent or whatever, two or three years ago, wasn't, or maybe it was a little longer, but the, the, the girl that won, 
was a didn't she have an act with the ventriloquist yeah really? yeah and it was really weird and crazy because to me in my mind there's probably like five people in the united states <laughs> that are like trying to learn how to be a ventriloquist I feel like in a few hundred years, Leslie is one of them. Nobody's going to even know what ventriloquists are anymore. So well, they're going to learn something the, new in our book. So the dummy, I mean, if, if you know, you know, the dummy that you're holding uh -huh. for anybody who doesn't know what one is and you're like, you're going like, you're oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, dumb, the dummies because you're talking for the dummy we have one in our in our book so yeah that was the best we're, part you didn't mention it back a lot in the book <laughs> yeah well yeah yeah and that was my weird idea and so that was and i say that because i think that i was trying to kind of freak everybody out and leslie was like <laughs> oh i love that like i went to ventriloquist camp or whatever she said and i was we like, all like yes yes and yes <laughs> <laughs> I know um, I could tell you you were like trying to 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 jazz us up and we were like yeah I go for it yeah yeah I wanted you'll see like if you read it you'll see what we did but um with the ventriloquist personality but yeah I thought like I was just trying to kind of creep everybody out and have some fun and um they really went for it and then the last thing I expected was that Leslie <laughs> was trying to be a ventriloquist <laughs> Yeah, you have a real life ventriloquist. Which yeah. So if I the next time I see her, we have all met in person, by the way. Um, we went to um the Nink conference in Florida. And uh if I ever see Leslie in person again, I'm gonna ask her to do her act. <laughs> to a ventriloquist act. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you ladies for coming on and sharing more info about your book and your process and everything else in your series. Um, so we're now at the time for the giveaway. So doesn't matter, Diana or Tracy, pick a number between let's say one and 10. Got it. No, tell me, tell me the number. <laughs> well, if I tell you the number. Because <laughs> I'm gonna I'll count back on the comments. Okay, six. Six. Okay. Yeah. So one, two, three, four, five. Karen with her ooh, I like it. So congratulations, Karen. You won the free ebook um, for four sleuths and a barnstormer. Oh, and I almost forgot. We have a second giveaway. Um, our last uh, author uh, offered Tara Lush offered to give an audiobook code for one of her books. So if you entered that contest, um, the the winner is Ashley. Nine four zero six. So Ashley nine four zero six. I will. I don't know if you're watching. I will send you an email um, with the audiobook code. And yeah. So thank you everyone for showing up. And we'll see everybody later. Thank you Thanks so much. much.